This is Ashley Kelsch, and you're listening to Life Coaching for Modern Renegades, episode number 47. Welcome to Modern Renegades Podcast. This is a life coaching podcast for the person who wants to learn how to lose themselves in the moment, not life circumstances. Each week, we will explore mental and spiritual practices that will inspire you to ask, seek, and heal. They are for the modern renegade. They are for you. Renegades, how y'all doing today? Doing well, I hope. I am, I am. I've got a long one for you today. Thought I might break it up in two. And then you know what? So many of you tell me how much you love to hear my voice. So this one's for you just for you. Recently, Nick had come over to have breakfast with me, which is always nice. As he walked through the door, he immediately started in how Faith woke him up that morning. He tells me this whole story about how he was sleeping when he heard Faith say, I did your dishes. He opened his eyes and said Faith was like hovering above him when he replied, what? Faith said, I did your dishes again. And they get into this argument about who's been doing the dishes versus the trash and who's responsible for what. My only comment was, man, what a lame way to wake up. A few hours later, Faith came over and I said, hey, your brother mentioned you woke him up the same venting about the dishes. And Faith interrupted me with, what? He wasn't sleeping. He was on his phone with a friend. And then proceeds to tell me their side of the story, which was a completely different story. Honestly, it was as if the other person wasn't even involved. I tried to listen to Faith, but I kind of had to stop them from telling me any more. Partly because, you know, after 17 years of momming, it's become clear that no matter what I say or do in these situations, the siblings are going to do this back and forth bickering thing. It's like they've morphed into an old married couple from the 1960s sitcom situation. But I've just found it's best for everyone for me to just kind of watch my breath and my blood pressure. (laughs) And the other thing was, my brain was exploding on how completely different their stories were. It was a tale of two perspectives. It reminded me of that show, The Affair, which I don't know if y'all have seen it, it's on Showtime. It's been out for years. Again, this is another one of those things that if you haven't, sorry, (laughs) there's no spoiler alerts though, so you don't need to worry about that. Anyway, the show, it's like an hour long. The episodes are broken into two 30-minute segments telling the same storyline, but from the point of view of a different character involved. At first, it's a little confusing to watch. I'd find myself thinking, why are the characters wearing different clothes in this scene than the last? The waitress the first half was dressed way more conservatively. What's with the second half showing her dressed all scanty? And that's weird. The character didn't say his line so snarky in the last scene. Why is he being such a dick now? Slowly, you start to see how the same experience is being viewed from the perspective of the other characters. It's definitely a mindfuck. And this is exactly what is happening in our worlds on a daily basis as we interact with the context of what we see, hear, think, and engage with people. Each of us is personally developing our very own content and creating our very own personal virtual reality from the lens in which we think things are. Unfortunately, the lens from which we view the world is often quite narrow. It really just has this one perspective, yours. As an exercise, I decided to start referring to and labeling my thoughts as content. Content I'm creating, consuming, thinking about, reacting to, responding to, in the same way you do when you are looking at the content of your Instagram, Netflix, email, books, what have you. 
the content of your brain is no different. Compelling storylines, lots of drama. It's the series in which you're always the star and the victim. Ironically, though, you're also writing and directing this narrative and story, so that actually makes you the villain, too. Isn't that wild? That you hold all this power about what you think and how you feel? The more I witnessed my content, the more I saw just how long this series has been playing. The context changes, meaning the people, my circumstances, but my thoughts and feelings about it and the way I show up is consistent with who I think I am based on my past and my beliefs. Pretty consistent, actually, is my storyline. My endings often line up in a similar fashion. It made me wonder, how much character development have I actually experienced? Has she evolved over the years? Is she still creating the same drama? What are the plot twists? What lines am I always using? Does my character have a type when dating? Who is she casting as friends? How do these storylines play out? And are the characters changing? Do y'all remember how, like, in soap operas, I mean, think about Days of Our Lives, I think it was character Bo. The face, the actor would change, but not the character. Same role, different face. Am I so set in my character way of being and seeing that I keep choosing the same roles in friends, lovers, and work, but replace with new actors? I'd been spending some time this summer with a person, and let me just say, it was as close to perfect as it gets for me. There wasn't this usual, like, will I hear from them? And when will we be hanging out? What did he mean when he said? There's none of that. I found that our best made plans were when we weren't making them. We just like naturally gravitated towards one another. There was no drama and we would have the most fun. It was a summer loving, kind of had me a blast situation. And then one day a switch went off. Everything we had been doing seemed reckless My brain thought thoughts about him that told me this couldn't and wouldn't work. My life felt unbalanced. And in my mind, he was the reason. I asked for a minute and space to think about things because I couldn't quite figure it out. He didn't do anything. I'd actually found myself wishing that he had done something that would give me a reason, but nothing. I noticed that when I created the space, I was working more, running more miles, going to bed early, reading, living a balanced life, I thought. It had to have been him that was throwing me off. He was the reason, and I was doing those things and feeling unbalanced, so I ended it. And I couldn't stop thinking about this switch, how one minute I was having a blast and the next just done, which was what really freaked me out, this one extreme to the other. Now, I know you're all listening, and you're thinking, but you're the dating coach. Don't you have it all figured out? And I know that some of you even message me and you leave these comments that you can't believe I would get ghosted or how could you be single? Guess what? Not everyone wants to date me. And yes, I get ghosted and I'm a human with a brain. So yes, I get to experience all the fun things you do. And I get to practice firsthand all the tools to process relationships, thoughts, and feelings. I call this renegade tested, coach approved. So I sat back and I started to look at the story I had created about him and our time together. I decided to widen the lens and zoom, zoom, zoom way out. I turned the camera around and I looked at that story from another angle. Was it possible that my illusion of what was happening was delusional? Yes, 100% yes, because the truth is most of our thinking is delusional. So these new thoughts arose. What if this has nothing to do with him? What if the problems are mine? 
What if I'm the problem? The reason for the lack of balance, the late nights, the not working as hard. And what if I'm just blaming this person? What if I need to break it off with some of my beliefs and behaviors? Break up with part of me? I put it all on paper. I literally wrote down every current source of stress and worry I had about the relationship and this person, what I thought he should or shouldn't be doing. And listen, when you do this exercise, you want to be savage and without reason. Trust me. It's called like judge your neighbor. Just go to fucking town. And then after you do that, you turn it around. And this is what I mean by you take that camera and put it on you. I rewrote everything that I had written and where it said he, I inserted I. And then I threw up a little because that is what you call perspective. I didn't have a problem with this person. I had a problem with me and my behavior, which is why I'm sharing this with you today. Learning to overcome how you used to date is not an overnight process. I didn't become the person who would lose herself in a man and not know how to trust herself overnight. That took you know, 30 plus years of beliefs and habits hardwired in my body and brain that I now work on daily to overcome. When I decided to start dating consciously, I knew not only would I need a great step-by-step program, which I've created, I would really need grace and patience. Rewiring your patterns takes time. Now, I just want to give you guys a quick reminder because I laid out some things and normally I'm teaching more when I'm talking. So check this out. The reminders, no one can make you feel a certain way. Our feelings come from our thoughts. So what this means is that no one can make me feel unbalanced. And this is great news. Once you understand that your feelings come from your thoughts, you get your power back. You have all the agency. My life started feeling balanced because I started creating thoughts like I have more time in my day to run, which personally makes me feel balanced. As opposed to before, I wasn't making time, which made me feel unbalanced. And I use the thought, it's because I'm spending too much time with this person. Rather than exploring that and managing my time, I just put the blame on someone else. Second, anytime you're wanting someone to behave a certain way so you can feel better, you are operating from a manual. And when you're operating from a manual, you're trying to control people and their behavior so life in your lane is smooth. You want to learn to meet your own needs and stop abdicating responsibility to others. Then you can just enjoy the people around you. Let's also never forget the part where no one wants to be controlled. You do not want to be controlled. Learn more about that one on episode 43, Great Expectations. It's a good one. Lastly, I've been really fascinated and interested in exploring why we tend to swing from one extreme to the other. My instinct in the past has always been all or nothing. No drinking or all the drinking. Date everyone, don't date anyone. Train for a marathon, don't run at all. And since approaching my self-care from the bottom up and inquiring from within, I've witnessed this instinct to swing is my brain's way of thinking that it's safe. It's a solution for me. And I know it's not. And I have been insistent in this last year, maybe two years, in learning on this middle path learning to play in the gray. So all that being said, I've been studying the lower and higher mind, which explains this behavior and where the content we are creating comes from. Understanding and practicing seeing the two minds and how they work has helped me get out of this judgment of self and others and find that peace that I think we all crave when we're caught up in our stories. To understand your lower mind, you need to know it has a preference. 
the lower mind, meaning it either likes or dislikes. When you are using your lower mind, you are accepting or rejecting. If you ever feel like you let that pendulum swing from one extreme to the other, then you are operating from the lower mind. And there is power in preference, so no judgment here. The lower mind influences your self-identity. I'm a mom, I'm an athlete, I'm a realtor, I'm a bartender, I'm a coach. It gives you your sense of self, this this is who I am attitude. But wait, there's more. It's also where you store your beliefs, your ideas, and your memories. Sounds innocent enough, but let me tell you what's really going on here. When you are viewing the world from your lower mind, you are taking the sense of self and combining it with these stored memories and beliefs, which creates your perspective, giving you your perception of reality. This is the lens from which you view things. And I also want to interject quickly that lower doesn't mean less. This is who you are. The problem is, if you haven't done some serious shadow work or attempted to shatter your belief systems and have created an awareness around your thinking, you are recycling the same content regardless of the context or landscape around you to create the experience of your reality. Your lower mind gets between your essential self and the clarity you are seeking. It fuels you with emotion and distracts you. Now here's the higher mind. The higher mind is the part of you that practices discernment. Discernment. Our ability to separate what is real from unreal. When you are in your higher mind, you breathe and witness yourself. The higher mind is objective. When you're observing your world from this perspective, you are conscious, free from limited beliefs, sense of self, and ego. You aren't operating from patterns or scarcity thinking. Higher mind is free of worry. It doesn't question how and who. It just knows. So how do you access your higher mind? Through awareness. Learning to focus on the breath gives you awareness. Writing down your thoughts gives you awareness. And it slows your thinking down. Meditation, whether sitting or in motion, gives you awareness. Embodiment, observing your body and sensations, gives you awareness. Taking just a few moments throughout the day to observe your thinking, breath, and body will help sharpen this tool of discernment. And without discernment, renegades, you will continue to create the same content, recreate the same stories, see things from the same perspective, the same narrow lens. You also continue to cast the people who approve your storyline true every time. Remember, your brain doesn't care if it feels good or bad. It just wants to be right. We want to learn to dance between this lower and higher mind. Think of them in a relationship. Observe which one you operate from. And then learn to nurture that space between. From this space, you can view the story and the character line you have and decide if you want to flip the script or not. I think starting with, what am I believing about this situation? What do I feel when I think this way? How do I show up in my role? What story am I creating? Does this role serve me in my bigger picture? If the role was reversed, what would I be thinking? Asking questions brings even more awareness, and then it can give you direction. Consider keeping discernment front of mind this week and practice some of these exercises to create some awareness. It'll help you breathe a little bit easier, and it'll help you keep the storylines maybe a little more clean, with a little less drama. All right, until next week, breathe easy. Renegades, thank you for tuning in this week. If you're enjoying this podcast, let me know. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and show it with a five-star rating and review. You can also head on over to my website, www.modernrenegades.com to sign up for my newsletter, leave your questions and comments, or just connect with me directly. I look forward to hearing from you.